We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. Sir. Yes, no. No? Sir, sir uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by No, it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the fall. Can I get some free steak? <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh yeah, I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the podcast where all movies are sports movies. Brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. Way back in the show, episode two, we covered a league of their own. Today, we're going to dust off the cobwebs over three years later, rehash this one again. Great movie to to cover twice, if I do say so myself, uh, this time with my friend Savannah McCann from Baseball America. This episode redo was voted on by our Patreon group. They picked this one, and as always, want to shout them out, especially our big chill producer-level patrons. That is Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D., Ryan Yeager, Mike Dries, James Kolewski, Chris Mikoski, Andrew Teagle, John Craig, Sam Smith, Zach Rich, Jason Alba, and of course, Classic Stadium Fire, the sponsor to all of our patrons' movie episodes. Reminder, a laser-cut wood stadium from Classic Stadium Fire is just the coolest piece of sports memorabilia for any office, man cave, she shed. These laser-cut wood stadiums work anywhere. I've got my replica of Rosenblatt Stadium sitting in my office. Look at it every day. Love it. Visit the link that is in the show notes and see which options they got in the shop or put in a custom request for your favorite ballpark or stadium. Get 10% off with code BIGSCREEN. Again, that link is going to be in the show notes. Big thanks to them and all of our patrons for supporting the show, picking this movie. If you go to patreon.com slash sports, you get to vote on movies for this show to cover. Patrons pick 75% of the July slate. They're getting two movies in August. Given the patrons the controls to pick out what this show is covering. Uh, you get schedule updates, you get ad-free episodes, you get stickers, a lot of good stuff, and you get to support the show, keep this thing rolling. Again, they voted to recover League of Their Own, which I was thrilled to do, equally thrilled to have Savannah join me, so let's dive right in. Okay, joining me tonight on Big Screen Sports for her first episode appearance from Baseball America, it is Savannah McCann. Savannah, thanks so much for joining Big Screen Sports. Thank you so much, Kai. I'm so excited to be here. I know. I'm, ex- I'm very excited to have you. Um, we obviously, we know each other from something else. Tell the folks uh, what's going on at Baseball America, where they can find you, where they can check out the Baseball America TikTok channel. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you brought up the TikTok channel. Please follow us <laughs> at Baseball America. I've been trying to put up some fun content there. I've been with Baseball America since December. So my 
about seven months now and it's been so much fun. I've been posting TikToks, posting to social media, just trying to like really engage with followers and everything. And I'll actually be in LA for the Futures game. So awesome. Yeah, actually, I am very jealous. I'm so excited. That was the one trip. I was like, if I go on anything this year, it has to be that trip. So jealous. Futures game and the draft, same weekend. It's going to be a busy one. I'm hoping for a lot of content, a bunch of prospects coming to our prospect pad. So it should be a really good time. And the TikToks are going to be out of control. Everyone go check all the all this, the social content at Baseball America out. Also go subscribe to all their podcast feeds, especially from Phenom to the Farm. But uh, Savannah is joining me tonight for an episode. When I started this podcast, I think almost four years ago now, maybe more than four, I don't know. Time, time is a flat circle. Uh, it was the second episode I ever did back when, when this show had a lot of, lot, lot of kinks that needed to be worked out. And I'm, I'm so excited to be bringing this one back to redoing this episode tonight. We are talking about a league of their own, the 1992 baseball comedy. Two sisters joined the first female professional baseball league and struggled to help it succeed amid their own growing rivalry. It is based on the real life, all American girls, professional baseball league. It starred Gina Davis, Tom Hanks, and Lori Petty. It was directed by the great Penny Marshall, got an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is violently low, just a complete disgrace. But this one is, it's a top tier baseball movie. Savannah, I want, I just want to start off. I don't think I need to ask, is this a hall of fame, all-star starter, or bench warmer sports movie? Oh, this is a hall of fame sports movie. It is. It's such a feel good movie. It has everything you could need. It has sister moments. It has sports. It has the, like a team moment, like everything you could want. I laugh, I cry, and I know what happens. That's what it makes a good movie. And this has all of it. It's so easy to rewatch still like years later, it works well on cable and it's on still on cable all the time. But in the past, you know, the 30 years, it's also the, the 30 year anniversary of this coming out conveniently. It, it was, it was a couple weeks ago. So it's in, in the 30 years it's aged flawlessly. It's a good, it's, it's great that it's just this period piece. So it's always going to be kind of this like Amber in time. Like we're going to be able to look back and be like, Oh, there's young Tom Hanks. Like that, that means something. But as far as the, the movie itself is aged so beautifully, so rewatchable, it gets, it gets team and team chemistry better than almost any other sports movie. Like it's, it's up there with the, the best job of it. It's almost perfectly cast we're gonna get into some of that some of that stuff uh but it i mean it's just a wonderful baseball and the baseball action is awesome some it's it looks really really good the best sequences like i could watch just those parts over and over again let alone all the dialogue that goes on with it yeah i mean and they put in you know real specific effort to make sure all the actresses could play and and train them up um, cast actually athletic actresses like you know you if you you go to through, like down the IMDb trivia there's a bunch of oh this person was considered but she wasn't like one of the IMDb trivia facts is Marissa Tomei was considered but she couldn't play which hurts my heart because I love Marissa Tomei so much and that would mean she did my cousin Vinny and a league of their own in the same year which would have been just huge year. out of the out of this world huge yeah. year but she, she got her oscar that year she, she's, she's doing okay but they, they made that specific effort to to make sure that the the actresses they cast could actually play baseball and that i mean i've been harping on it in the show for four years now like that makes so much of a difference when you cast people who, who look like they can play the sport and in this movie it, it just comes out in spades like everyone feels like a ball player it's it the energy in the movie like the baseball energy it's just something like you can't you can't define it with words, but you can just kind of you know it when you see it. And it just feels like baseball through and through. I feel like 
you don't notice it when it's done so well, but when it's done poorly, that's when you're like, oh my gosh, these people are so, I can't even focus on anything else happening because that's not how you throw a baseball. That's not how you would catch all this stuff. But this, I didn't even notice it. And now you're saying, oh, they actually put the effort into it. And it's like, you couldn't tell because I didn't notice any of that. It just looked like a dance. It was so flawless. Yeah. And it's, it's about such a cool, I was going to say a cool moment in history, but I would say a cool moment in baseball is actually a very depressing moment in history in general. But, um, but like the, this cool league, I want to, uh, a plug really quick. I'm sure longtime listeners remember when we had Anika Orak on who wrote the book, the illustrated book, the incredible women of the all American girls professional baseball league. I would just direct everyone. If you have, if you're a fan of a league of their own, haven't checked out that book, go check it out. It is, it is both like the coolest looking coffee table book ever and really, really informative. And she did it such a great job researching this league and and the history behind it and i think you can get even more like bigger appreciation for this movie uh, you can get that on bookshop.org or her website anikaorak.com i will put those links in the show notes but i i was thinking about that before we started recording be like anika has an incredible book like so anyone who's a fan of that go check it out um i wanted to ask you before we get into like imdb trivia and any of the other categories like I I have this weird workshop theory of like Tom Hanks is better as a supporting character than a main character. Like he's an incredible lead. Obviously he's won multiple Oscars, but like I think of this, I think of that thing you do, which is a movie I love dearly and makes me so happy. Yes. Vanna knows what I'm talking about. Uh, And then catch me if you can, where it's, it's a supporting role, but it's kind of like this where it carries a lot of weight, but this movie in general, could you make an argument for putting this on, on the Tom Hanks Mount Rushmore? So I looked at his IMDb before this and I was like, okay, where it's a murderer's row. <laughs> like, like for any other actor, this movie easily makes it. Like he does such a good job. And I liked you hate his character, you love his character, you feel for his character. But then I look at all the other things Tom Hanks has done, and I'm like, oh, that one's good. Ooh, that one's good. Catch me if you can was the one that I was like, that has to be on there. Love it. He's so good in Catch Me You Can. Like this this performance is really funny, and I want to get into um how good like comedic Hanks is. Cause that's something I don't think we got to see a lot of in the past 30 years, but um, yeah, th- there are movies where he carries more weight. Like Castaway is literally just him. Yeah. And it, and it's, and it's insanely, it's him in a volleyball and it's insanely rewatchable. Uh, like Apollo 13 is like, he's, he's right at the center of that one. And it's, it's wonderful. Toy Story. How do you leave off any of the Toy Stories? Like the most important, like you and I are around the same age. Like how important is Woody in general to like kids this generation? And then he also has like Forrest Gump, like the most quotable movie ever. And it's like, okay, so, okay, that's his Mount Rushmore. That's like, okay, if we add like five more heads to it, like definitely this movie has to be on there. But you name all these movies, like, oh my gosh, that one. I know it's and like, I, I would put that thing you do on just because he directed it and like he directed, wrote it, everything like it's just it's tough, but it's it's incredible. But this role, I mean, just like to talk about comedic Hanks, we we don't like we see he's really funny on SNL when he goes on SNL, you know, variety of times. He did some comedies in the 80s. That's kind of how he came up with like Bachelor Party. And then he does like big and, and makes it big and and things like that. But like. After kind of after this, this is a really comedic role. After this, he starts going like the leading the leading man thing, which I don't blame him for. He headlines some of the biggest movies of all time and he's won multiple Oscars and he can literally do whatever he wants. But I kind of wish we got more, you know, like 
Tom just like being a character actor and just just putting on a performance and being really, really funny. He is. He's so funny. And even just his mannerisms in this movie were so funny that you could watch him in a scene that he wasn't really in and still laugh. And that he was so good. The physical comedy. I mean, the the first IMDb trivia fact, not even Tom Hanks knew when he was going to be done peeing. Penny Marshall was in a stall with a hose and a bucket making the noise. He's literally just it's just a physical performance with some some light groaning. And it's it's fucking hilarious. It is so good watching that every single time. I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's still going. And it gets me every time. Keep going. Hey, how long? Doris. Boy, that was some good pain. Yeah, it's it it kills me. It's so funny. Uh the genius of Penny Marshall, the studio wanted Jimmy and Dottie to get together. There was even a kiss at one point, but Penny Marshall didn't want to distract audiences with a love story, so it was cut. That is the best decision they could have made. Hands down. I remember watching it the first time through and I was like, oh, they're totally gonna fall in love. This is and I was waiting for it and then it never happened. And it was so refreshing of that's not what this is about. It's about sisterhood. It's about like camaraderie with the team. And I was like, a whole movie that features women that isn't about a love story. It was awesome to watch. And it would have degraded what I think is one of the best conversations, best scenes in the movie is when he's when she's leaving, when um, when Bob has returned and they're going back to Oregon, they're having that conversation outside the house or wherever they're staying, you know, and he, he's doing the thing about I would give anything to have those years I lost back and I thought you were a ball player and stuff like that. Like it would have completely brought a different energy to that. I mean, a flawless choice. Like this movie probably is not looked on nearly as fondly if it is because it becomes the tom hanks and in, in in gina davis movie right like it no like just what a what a great great choice um i had a question when I, i've always kind of wondered because dotty and dotty and bob leave they're driving back to oregon and then she's like we got as far as wherever and we turned back around it's like you missed six games or something like that there's actually a fact dotty and her husband weren't going to get very far very fast driving from illinois to oregon with an a gasoline ration stamp which was displayed on the front windshield of the car during world war ii an a ration entitled the holder to four gallons of gasoline per week so they were just going Slowly, slowly, slowly. It makes a lot more sense that she, even if they turned around and she still only got back for game seven. That was like the one part where I was like, you missed all these games. Like, where are you? Where are you? Like, when are you coming? And it's like, okay, that makes more sense than four gas a week. Okay. you could Just, just hard to get around in, in World War uh, World War II rationing. Um, Hanks's character, Jimmy Dugan, loosely based on the real life baseball sluggers, Jimmy Fox and Hack Wilson. If I, if I have my baseball history, correct, I do think Hack Wilson lost a lot of the back half of his career to alcoholism. And then Jimmy Fox was just like a power hitting first baseman for, for the Red Sox. So, um, just fitting Hanks is a baseball player. Just like he, he has the vibe. Like it just, it, it comes off of him. He is, he feels like an authentic washed up slugger. When he was taking BP at night and he's like cussing everybody out. And I was like, if this, you could have just told me this was someone on a baseball field tonight, we mic'd him up. Like he just sounds so angry and like that. I used washed up athlete type of energy and I believed it totally. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know what he does really well? I think I harped on this when we first, uh, the first time I covered this movie. And like, you've been around professional baseball a lot. He dips really well. Seems it's really authentic. Like, it's just not, it's just, it's the thing, the casual, it's just hanging out in there. He's not really aware, it's just hanging out versus like the Brad Pitt and Moneyball, where that guy is just like very consciously aware that he has this dip firmly in between his lips. With Hanks, it's just like it's hanging out. It's got like a little timeshare in his lips, seems super casual with it, just works works flawlessly. He did, and the one time when he spits, he kind of leaves some hanging off his mouth. And I remember being like, that's disgusting. Why isn't he touching it? I was like, okay, Savannah, put yourself back in professional baseball. They don't care. Why would he care? It's just on there. You just wipe it with your jersey and, yeah. and it's gone. Um, I always love casting stuff. There are two, two kind of interesting ones. Like Deborah Winger was originally attached as Dottie. She dropped out. Gina Davis got the role. That was a really good one. But this, and I, I always I always give this caveat that like I'm not exactly sure how IMDB sources these facts sometimes. I don't know if it's like Wikipedia-ish or whatever. But during initial development, Jim Belushi was set to play Jimmy Dugan, which like he would have been good, not Hanks, but good. And Laura Dern was cast in the role of Dottie Henson. Gina Davis is great, but Laura Dern is that queen. So good. Yeah. Hard that would have been better. Could have been better. I, I, I definitely could see it being better. It's hard. Like Gina Davis, I think, is great in this, but like Laura Dern can do no wrong on this podcast. Um, the last, like the last casting thing, the last fact, Molly Ringwald considered for the role of Kit. Oh, which I, I kind of like, we're going to get into the, the Lori Petty of it all down the road. But like, I was talking to my wife about this, Molly Ringwald, my wife pointed this out. She can play the pouty kind of thing, but not, not bratty. She can be pouty, but bratty and in a really good way. Yes, I have many thoughts on Kit's character, so. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> um, so let, let's go into the most authentic and least authentic, like baseball, sports parts of this movie. What to you jumped out as as the most authentic baseball aspect of this movie? I mean, we talked about that these women looked like athletes, they played like athletes, but the biggest part for me was like, they really captured what it's like to be on a team and to spend all your time with somebody and like the little jokes you make, the songs you sing, like, I felt like I was back on a team, like with my friends, spending all that time together. And it made me so nostalgic for days like that. And I was like, I don't know if I've seen a movie that's captured that feeling so well. It's hard to be like, oh yeah, just the baseball of it all is the most authentic part, but that's really it. And that's the biggest compliment that I can pay to a movie because there are movies where you're like, it's like, oh, this doesn't really feel like it would have happened or this doesn't feel like that much of a team or this like, everything just flows and they take this this cool part of history of of baseball history and they they went the extra mile to make it happen with the uniforms and the ballparks and casting all these athletes and and just make you know even like the announcers and how they talk and stuff like that like everything feels it does but like you take it to like them the scenes on the bus like the what the movie gets done really well is the team nuances and stuff like that is just like it's the little fine details that make this feel so authentic. That makes it feel like you're watching like a documentary on a team. Absolutely. The moment where they're painting Kit's nails in the back of the bus, I did not play sports growing up. I'm not athletic. I just like to talk about it and gotten a career out of it. So thank goodness. But I was on dance team and we used to paint each other's nails all the time on the bus. So like watching that, I it literally was like, oh. I remember doing that and like those moments where you're like bonding with somebody over something so silly. And then when you see it on the field later, like, oh, that's how they feel that way for each other. That's why, you know, winning is and losing is so emotional because 
you do care about these people so much. Yeah. And, and those classic moments on the bus when one of your teammates is teaching another teammate to read with an erotic novel, yeah. it's just like, like, wow, high school, right? Like exactly this, exactly the same. Yeah. I didn't want to say that because my mom might listen to this podcast, but it's <laughs> totally what we were actually doing on dance. <laughs> exactly. It's exactly what happened. Um, for the same reason, like all the baseball being authentic, it's hard to pick out something glaringly it just doesn't feel authentic. I have one that jumps out to me in one of my bigger, not criticisms of the movie, but like, I don't feel like Marla would leave. And I feel like her husband, who's so obsessed with her, would be more than happy to be like, yeah, finish out the season. Especially because like, it seems like he lives around where they're playing because he was at that bar. That's, I didn't even think they would live right there. At least yeah. I think so. And correct me if I'm wrong, but... Is it Betty's husband that dies? Yes, Betty Spaghetti's husband dies. Okay, well, she's in the World Series. Like, her husband just died, and she's going to play in the World Series, but Marla gets married and can't continue to play? Like, come on, priorities, people. That's the one. Yeah, and and with that, they make it to Game 7 of the World Series without without Dottie and without Marla, who are their, their two biggest hitters. Like, I mean, kind of a put an asterisk on that Racine World Series win. No, and how did Kit's arm not fall off? I think she pitched every single game. Her oh, there, there's going to be a bunch of those old big league starters who are going to come down. It's like they were training to throw that much back then. The kids these days don't train for it. That's John Smoltz is going to banner just rappel down from the ceiling to to yell about pitchers not being in shape. <laughs> well, then maybe that's the most authentic part of this movie is that Kit pitched complete games every game. She only got pulled that one time. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, which is, I mean, it, it's funny too that she throws the shows the massive massive fit when like it's it's like late the game. It's tonight. I mean, it's just we're we're gonna have a we're gonna have a conversation about Kit. But uh, other than that, there's really there's really nothing that jumps off. Is like every there's no like swing you can pick out or throwing motion or anything. I mean, they they do little tips and tricks to make you know you can tell sometimes some of the balls were like soft toss so they can hit it but like little big league does that too i love that movie it's uh, they 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 took such great care and effort to make this movie feel authentic and like tell the story in a in a really genuine honest way and it, it comes it's why the movie i i don't see this movie aging like i feel like we're gonna be able to watch this in 20 years and be like oh yeah looks great looks i and we'll get into the the Amazon series that's coming out. Like we'll get into that towards the end. I don't see how that can look that much better than what we got in 1992. No, this is, I will say it to him blue in the face. This was so well done. I will continue to rewatch this forever. It's so good. Yeah, it's, I mean, we're, we're just going to keep repeating it, but it is a really, 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 really good baseball movie. Like, it's such an easy Hall of Famer. Uh, let's take a quick ad break, and then we'll get back with what worked. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so what worked about this one? We've gone on about the baseball action looks good. Um, What else kind of jumps out to you? Why is this one that we revisit 30 years later like it came out just yesterday? I think because as much as it's telling the story of a baseball team too, there's so many other things going on and they do a very good job of like weaving in the history of it and why some things are happening. And then the women's movement, like all of that, these bigger topics are still getting woven into a storyline about baseball. And I think that's so cool because, you know, however many years later, we're going to continue to watch this, like moments like that are happening or we're having conversations of like, well, women can't do this or whatever. And it's seeing how they handled it head on. It's like, wow, this movie does it so well that that's not the first thing that you think of. But then when you continue to dissect the movie, it's totally one of the biggest plots of it. Mm -hmm. I thought it did a really good job in kind of acknowledging the pushback and and frankly, like some of the the sexism that they were going to face in in this league. Like I find John Lovett, I think John Lovett is one of the funniest people in the world. And like what stuff he says is funny, but he's a mega asshole in this movie. And and I, I think they did a good job, like not not dancing around it. And it, they probably could have gotten even more in depth with some of the things that they faced. But I, I thought they did a really good job of like painting the reality of the situation. Absolutely. And they, I mean, you're right. They didn't shy away from it. They could have gotten deeper into it. But all the like get back in the kitchen jokes. And then even when they say like, well, we're bringing the guys home from war. Like, what are we going to do? Make them go in the kitchen? It's like those are still I mean, it's 2022. And those are still things you see on Twitter and scum of the earth on Twitter, but still like you still see those type of the rhetoric going on. It's like, that's so crazy that it's in this movie and we continue to move whatever type of topic and it still comes up. So I appreciate how well this movie handled it too. Twitter reply guys, if, if they would have been horrible with the, the all American, the, the Twitter eggs would have been out for this one. You imagine. Oh, been, a, been an absolute nightmare. Um, one, one of the things that that worked really well and we've touched about the team and the sense of team but giving all these characters all the the members of the team different chances to shine and like just even a little bit like giving them little insights to where by the end of it we're invested in the team as a whole because i think sometimes sports movies get so narrow focused on a few of the main characters and it's like it's like you know you're playing with these two guys like you're, you're, you're playing with, you know, like the, the pitcher on the team and the catcher. And other than that, it's just like everyone's just a whatever, but we, we care about the entire team as a whole. And there's, there's stuff we know about almost the entire starting nine between like Marla and Doris and May and, you know, Helen and, and just everyone. And, and like Betty spaghetti, like everyone gets, it's not just like 
a little fact thrown about them, but they all get to share the ball a little bit and, and have some scenes where they carry a little emotional weight or, you know, like Doris has that thing about her. This is her boyfriend or whatever, who doesn't treat her very good and, and things like that. And like gets into the insecurity she felt of being, it wasn't deemed them, but like being a, being tomboyish and, and that whole thing. And it's, it's really good that they weren't just like, Hey, Gina Davis is this uh, a star. Tom Hanks is a star. Let's just focus on them and let them cook, which they could have turned out a, a decent movie with that. But having all these these other talents kind of share the ball really, really helps. And that's why the ending of the movie when they're in the Hall of Fame is so powerful because you're seeing these women again together and you genuinely care. You're like, okay, like what happened to them? They're going through like, how's your husband? He retired. Here's my kid. Like, all of this stuff, it's like, because we jack, we actually care about them and we knew about them. Yeah. It's, it's really, it, it just really smart. Like, cause it, it's not a long movie either. I think it's like 128 minutes, but they, they make sure to give enough time because they clearly know what they have with, with Gina Davis and Tom Hanks, because they both give them their own time to shine. They get solo time on screen to kind of work through stuff. Like you mentioned, Hanks hitting BP, um, you know, every, every scene they have together it's, and that's, as much as I was just harping on, like, it's great that they let all these other, you know, talented, talented characters share the ball, like having those two start, like it, in, in sports, you need those two stars and Davis and Hanks are top tier. Top tier. I have nothing else to say except how great this movie is. I think if you have a new title, the episode is just, this is the perfect movie. <laughs> perfect movie. I mean, casting Davis like I, I know we were talking about Laura Dern but like the fact that she she looks stunning but she's she's big she's athletic looks apart like she looks like the cleanup hitter who was catching and she's very commanding it's the the scene when I guess the first game when uh when Hank shows up and he's he you know he's he clearly he's not managing and it's like the instant you know Dottie takes the lead and was like she's making the lineup and stuff like that and you she has that kind of presence on screen that it's obvious that she's the team leader. They don't have to just tell us, Oh, Dottie's a team leader and she's really good. Like it just kind of comes out. She's got that grace about her and that she she's intimidating, but like not, not a jerk, which is really good. Like it just like she's, she's the person you want on our team. She's really like the Mike Trout of, of this team. She is. And she is one of those spaces where she's gorgeous and then she also like, she puts on a uniform with a little dirt on her face and you're like, oh, you're an athlete. Like, that's what you are. Got it. Like, you're not just a pretty face. that's going to step up and manage the team. Like, it's amazing what a little dirt and like a ball cap can do for somebody. Yeah. Yeah. She's, I mean, they, they nailed it with, with those two. And then we've, I mean, Hanks, there's, I could just do like an hour monologue just talking about how good Hanks every, there's not a single scene in this movie. Like he's so, when he's when he's talking to, to Mr. Harvey about the job and it's too good. He's so funny. Cause we're so used to now. I think this role has actually aged better in retrospect. Cause like I said, we're so used to now, like he's Captain Miller and, and saving private Ryan and he's, you know, Carl Hanratty and catch me if you can and things like that. And he's whatever he's doing in the new Elvis movie, but like this, he's just kind of like a funny ex alcoholic goofball who, you know, the, the, Every time, anytime he asks about money is, is, is great. Like when the, the guy who's running the league comes up to him in the dugout and the, the part about, you know, I especially enjoyed the moment when you, you know, when you scratch your balls for the entire fifth inning 
and, you know, if, if we paid you a little more, could you at least try to show some enthusiasm that he perks up? Well, I certainly could use the money. <laughs> and like, even when he's yelling during the game, of course, there's no crying in baseball moment, but then it's like, that's the lump three feet above our ass. Like so good. <laughs> he just his, his voice inflection in this one. It's the, it's not just the line, there's no crying in baseball, which has endured, but it's the voice inflection in which he says it, that how like in disbelief he is, as you can tell, like in that moment, he's like, What are what are we doing here? Like, what am I doing here? He looks at him and it's like, she's crying. Like, she's crying. It's like, okay. It's perfect. It's delivered perfectly. <laughs> are you crying? No. Are you crying? Oh. Are you crying? <laughs> There's no crying! There's no crying in baseball! Why don't you leave her alone, Jimmy? Oh, you zip it, Doris! Rogers Hornsby was my manager, and he called me a talking pile of pig shit. And that was when my parents drove all the way down from Michigan to see me play the game. And did I cry? No, no. No! No! And you know why? No. Because there's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! So good. So good. Um, the the montage in this one, we get two montages. Love two montages. But the when as the league is doing better, like right after Dottie does the splits, they're just like, hey, we have great baseball action. Let's put it together. It was in the IMDb trivia that just to to burn space, Penny Marshall just had them do random takes and play random baseball scenes and stuff, and kind of filled up the montage with that. Like it works really well. It's great to see them play. It's great that they they do a lot off the field, but like it doesn't it didn't shy away from the baseball, which is nice. We don't see, it's not like I, I understand, especially a lot of people from our generation have this fondness for rookie of the year, um, which is a movie that's a lot better when you're eight than when you get into your twenties, but that it doesn't actually, when you watch it as an adult, doesn't actually show a lot of baseball and you really have no idea like how they got there. It's like, well, they were bad. And then Henry pitches a few times. We've got a few quick strike casts. And it's like, Oh, Hey, they're, they're, you know, going to the postseason. Like, okay, weird. But this one, it's like, we get it. We get so much baseball that we have a sense of what is going on in the season. And we see that we, we feel the length of the season. Absolutely. And speaking of montages, when they have like the moment where they're trying to just get people in the stands and they do all like the crazy things. I just like think of like the Savannah bananas. And I'm like, that's exactly what they're doing. They're like, if you catch a foul ball, you get a kiss and you see, okay, a few more fans come for that. And then you're doing all this crazy stuff. And it's like, you know what? Like there are, teams that do that and it works and it's entertaining and people come to see it and then they get more into the baseball aspect of it that montage of where they're doing all the crazy stuff the splits they're pouring coffee they're whatever so good and it was just little moments of humor thrown into there too because people forget baseball at first is an entertainment product first and a sport second really you have to find reasons to get people to the same so it's like yeah they're like the innovators you know, that, that stuff has been being used to get people into minor league stadiums for years and years and years. Like they just didn't have star Wars night back then. Little did they know that's all they needed to get people. All they, all they needed was star Wars night. And then the one franchise that did the, the toilet seat giveaway, it, it escapes me, but it's, it's the funniest minor league promotion ever. Um, is there anything else that worked that we haven't kind of harped on for this one? Uh, besides everything? No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's get into um, newer category on the show, the strikeout just the worst, most head-scratching uh, part of this movie. Is it, is it time to talk about Kit? I was just going to say, I think this is, this is the Kit category. She's a tough hang. She is. <laughs> yeah. 
she's just annoying and she's the villain of the movie if we have she to is it, she's the villain she's such she's such a brat and that's like when we were talking earlier what Monty, molly ringwald could kind of do she could like you need kit to be pouty you need her to have that chip on her shoulder her sister is you know better objectively prettier like just everything that you know Dottie is married kit is as we hear in the like the video montage as single as they come like kit has a lot of just jealousy and resentment over Dottie, but it turning over to the the severe brattiness the instances where she's just generally like completely unlikable makes you don't feel i think the ending of the movie would feel a little bit better if you felt any bit of empathy for kit or like desire for her to also see success when you're, but you're really just like you stink like i don't like you right and sibling rivalry can be done very well and like there is that little moment especially when your older sister is more accomplished like you said but she does it in such a way where you're like well no wonder everyone likes her more exactly exactly literally the only time that she almost she's she's like so close to getting like the having the self-realization when she's whining about the trade and throwing that fit and she says oh like they trade you miss perfect miss star like oh now you get it if you're gonna behave poorly you, they're not gonna keep you that like talent will as we know in baseball talent a lot of times will overrule a lot of bad behavior but if you're not the most talented one in this equation, you're gone. They will get rid of you if you're too negative on the team. And like she is generally so neg there's very few I would say that is the first likable kit moment in the end when they're all like 60, 70 years old and they're in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I think so. That might be yeah. it. Once once she is maybe Kit has finally gotten over like her baseball rivalry with her sister at that point. But even even in the beginning, which I, I also want to talk about that, but even in the beginning, Dottie is like a little like, oh, Kit will whatever, like Kit, you know, Kit won't talk. Like it seems like they're they've been butting heads for sixty years. It seems like this didn't actually get that much better. Yeah, I feel like they have a very strained relationship, and probably for good reason because if you know, I have to imagine how the rest of the life went. Kit continued to play baseball. Dottie had a family, did her own thing, and Kit probably was like well she's stupid for having a family she could have yeah. had all this and then it's like kid doesn't matter anymore you get to be the star but then she probably wasn't the star and still not good kid kid is just forever like the the child who's just always like it, it probably once she got into the working world or whatever she did just kit holds grudges and she probably never lets any of those grudges go. Like when, whenever kit was on her deathbed, she just probably pulled out a long list of people that she didn't like and just read that off before she went. 100. She makes everything a competition. She's that person. That's exact. That's exactly that. Except she makes it a competition, but it's like, Oh, I'll, you know, I'll bet you I can throw the ball farther than you. And then she gets bested and she's like oh, two out of three. And then it gets it gets to like astronomical numbers. Like she's she's that person. She's just constantly like an escalator, but but can never have any sort of moment of looking inward and being like, maybe I should stop this foolishness. That's the entirety of Kit. Maybe you should look in the mirror and stop this foolishness. Or the type that then looks at you at the end and be like, but we weren't even really competing. I wasn't even really trying. Yeah, she Kit, Kit's the worst. So that gets to kind of the other aspect of of the strikeout, this category. Do you think Dottie dropped the ball on purpose? Ooh, 
I, I will say before you answer, I am big time in the camp of Dottie dropped the ball on purpose. And on this rewatch, my millionth rewatch, I I especially zeroed in on when uh when they're the inning is starting and Kid has just given up the go ahead run and she's in the dugout sobbing and Dottie looks at her and Dottie, despite where she should have just been a ruthless, not even mean, just a ruthless competitor and just said, we're, I, I don't care. I don't care that she's all this crying. I'm done with, I'm done with her being a brat. Like if, she, if she's crying, boohooing, whatever, I feel no sympathy, but I feel like Dottie looks at her and is like, my sister needs this more than me. So that's where I come down to. I think she dropped it also because she has like five inches and 30 pounds on kit and could have just dropped her. I go back and forth and it's such a good question. Cause also then she goes to the pitcher and it's like, you know, high right up the middle. Like she's going to swing at it every time. So it's like, Oh, she is being a ruthless competitor. Like she knows how to get her sister. So would she do, she just traveled all, you know, back from wherever her and her husband got halfway and came back to come to this game just to throw it at the end. Like what type of competitor is that? I mean, I hear you. I absolutely hear you. <laughs> She did leave the team, and you she, know, six six days prior or six games prior. No, yeah, I mean, she definitely knew Kit needed it more than her because when they, you know they're chanting Kit walking off, and she didn't look like distraught after the game. She's kind of sitting there in the locker room after. It's like I think she dropped it, it on purpose. You've convinced me. Yeah, it. I mean, it is the thing. Dottie makes it clear the whole movie that Dottie doesn't need baseball and you can be great without needing baseball. There are, there are some players who like would rather be dead than not playing baseball who need the sport desperately. And like kit is unfortunately someone like that. Like they need, they need baseball a lot more than baseball needs them, which like I can empathize with baseball. I definitely needed baseball way more than baseball needed me, (laughs) but Dottie is very comfortable being like, it's, she's not, not a competitor, but she's not like, she's not going to rip someone's head off. And I don't know. I, I, I will say in like a a moment of, of kit stubbornness, I will never be talked on this Hill mainly because I have just built up the Hill so much around myself that I, I I can't bear to admit that Dottie didn't drop, drop the ball. But I, I, I really believe it with almost every inch of my body that, that Dottie let that ball go on purpose. Well, there is a scene too. They built like foreshadow it where, she's playing catcher and someone runs at her and she holds it and they're like, Oh, she catches everything. So if she can do it before, why couldn't she do it now? Mm-hmm. Drop the ball on purpose. Wow. Especially cause she has a lot of time. Kit blows through the stop sign. And so Dottie sees her. Dottie has some time to collect herself, you know, fist in the glove, holding on to the ball. I mean, just, and especially like, a lot of times when someone gets, I mean, trucking is kind of a getting trucked is kind of a thing of the past ever since the Buster Posey injury. But a lot of times when somebody gets trucked, it is it's bang, bang. The person hasn't really secured it. And the ball kind of goes out at impact with Dottie. It is literally in her hand and it just hand hits. And then she's like, Oh, I got to get rid of this. And she just lets it kind of float off. I'm convinced you, I was, you know, I didn't know which way I was going to sway on this. You've convinced me. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. I'm, I'm glad I've welcome. Welcome to the cult. Um, for what, for what didn't work about this one, obviously there's going to be fewer things than, uh, than what worked. Is there anything, is there anything that jumps out at you that didn't work about this one? Honestly, 
it's really hard to come up with something. And maybe it's because I do have my own love for this movie that admitting something is wrong with it is just like not going to happen. But the kid character is annoying. But besides that, like, I can't think of anything that's like glaring. I have one thing that for me really didn't work. And then a couple just kind of like funny observations. Uh, the be- the beginning, the the intro to like starting them off when they're old, older. I think you could leave that. I think you could start out with the softball game and then set them up. I don't, cause especially in like, I might be coming to this as someone who has seen this movie so much on cable where like you catch it a third of the way in and you wash it out. But I don't think you miss anything from the beginning. If you get rid of it. The only thing you miss is like, because then the whole time you're wondering, like, what is Dottie's hesitation with going to something that she's supposed to love? So then you kind of see, like, kind of starts the conversation, like, Dottie doesn't need this. because That's true. That's the only that, part. That is a good point. You also, I will say, you also miss out on wondering amongst yourself. Is that, is Gina Davis's voice dubbed over that woman? And then you Google and you say, yes, yes, it was. It's, <laughs> it's a very, like, rough dub. So, so that's another thing. Um, question for you. Has anyone been worse at their job than the War Department telegram guy? Oh my gosh! <laughs> just, could, just couldn't be, couldn't be worse at his job. Excuse me, I got a telegram from one of you ladies from the War Department. Oh my god, let's see. Boy, I hate these. These are the worst. The least the army could do is send someone personally. Until your husband's dead. Darn, I have the name right here. Well, now I gotta go back and get this straightened out. Sorry. There are some jobs you just like really have to know what you're doing at all times. Lucky for me, I, you know, I'm a baseball reporter and it is not life and death. That job truly is life and death. He did everything short of bursting in that locker room and waving around the telegram and going, one of you lucky ladies just lost a husband. Like it was just short of that. Oh, I don't know who it is. Oh, I got to go. No, you can't have the telegram. BRB. Like what? Horrendous, horrendous shot. And he's just like (laughs) the line about at least they could do is send someone personal to let them know your husband just died. It's like, oh my God. (laughs) that's you you are the person they sent yeah (laughs) yeah it's like it's like now we know why this guy isn't serving he has he has no sense of decency uh it's we'll say that scene though is one of the things that endures us too because we with with jimmy we have like obviously we start out on on very much the wrong foot and they need to um they need to set up some instances of showing that he really cares about this more than just like he gets finds out he gets a bonus if he wins the world series and stuff like that and that's one of the things where it's like okay he's he's a good person i I think had from that scene all you needed was knock on the door he goes grabs a telegram reads it walks over the moment it could have been like basically a silent moment and it would have packed so much more punch than this guy being like, oops, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's just like, it's like the guys in a different movie 
is what is what it feels like and like at the same time he's doing all this and i was kind of thinking about this last night there's really like maybe two people who are married it's like Dottie and Dottie and betty like we know they have husbands overseas but like we know doris's boyfriend i don't know if he's overseas but we know he stinks um evelyn's husband is bad bad dad because he's just like i can't i can't handle my kidney like you need to take him with you like evelyn's husband awful dad but we know he's not in the pacific um like may very single Mm -hmm. uh you know some of the others so it's just it's it's excruciating to watch how bad that guy is you know what you did bring up something that i i forgot that i disliked until the end they changed my mind but the little kid still well angel still well angel he his presence annoyed me and maybe it's because you know i'm 25 no kids that like children being annoying is probably like nails on a chalkboard to me oh my gosh every scene he was in i was like this kid has to get off the screen we got the point get him off the bus thing is i understand that's supposed to be funny but listen i have an eight-year-old and like i mean that would be he would never have a moment of fun again. He would be on like three year. You have no fun. You will. And it's like the 1940s. I'm sure you could handcuff kids at that point, but that just, he's just a terror. And he's wearing those classic, like 1940s small child clothes, like the little sailor outfit. But he like, he's also his face. Like he's, he looks like Augustus gloop. He's just covered in chocolate. And you can tell like his fingers are slimy. Like he is, he is an absolute terror. Well, like the fact that he gets a glove thrown at his face and his mom is just kind of like, you're okay. Like she wanted to throw a glove at his face. She wasn't having it either. Yeah, that's a, it's kind of an interesting thing when the season goes home and it's Stillwell and Evelyn and, and, and bad dad. I mean, again, like Stillwell has a really bad dad. So who, who knows? But it's like, also like Evelyn's a little spacey. Yeah. It seems like a, like a weird household. Like if it they were if it was twenty years later, like you could see them being hippie parents. But with this, I I really don't know what that vibe is like in the forties. What that household is like. Yeah, you know, maybe I shouldn't be so hard on him because maybe he was acting out for attention because he wasn't getting it at home. But yeah, he still stinks though. <laughs> still stinks until the very end when you see him. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, what a moment! This was so yeah. Stupid. I feel bad. I hated you for most of your life in the movie. Yeah, played by uh, played by Chubbs from Teen Wolf. Fun fact. Um, something this isn't something that didn't work, but it's uh, we get the one scene um, where the the black woman throws the ball back to Dottie and like throws a strike, and it's like the the small acknowledgement in the movie that the league just like just like men's professional baseball at the time was segregated, and um, I would. I would like to see. I don't know how they would work it in, but it'd be interesting if the um, the TV show worked that in in some way, um, but it it was something that that it probably that that moment actually probably goes into that it working in retrospect because it's good that they acknowledge it. It would have been if they if they would have had to go into detail, it would have you know you probably adds at least at least one more scene um, and, and kind of carries the movie into a different direction. But I would like to see the show maybe dive into that aspect a little more as yeah, as this league was, was also segregated. That would be an amazing part of the show to show what's happening in the exact same time, just from, you know, the other side of it of like, they've created this league, but it's an all white league. And then what's happening in an all black league somewhere. Like that would be a very interesting, like one of those plays where it's just a different narrator for a different episode. Like that would be really, really interesting. 
Yeah, I would love to see that. Especially because that's something like I obviously like I'm a dad in his thirties. I watch a lot of World War II stuff. And it's it's one of the things with like our just our um the World War II generation in general and a lot of the a lot of the content, a lot of the movies, you know, things like that from that era, a lot of them skip over that we had a we had a segregated army, we had black soldiers who were treated like second class citizens. Obviously at home things were terrible. Um, so it, it's an interesting chance for the show and I don't know how they would work it in organically, but, um, that, that including that moment in the movie was important because it kind of said everything it's that, that throw obviously says she's got the talent to play. She's just not allowed to. And so at least, at least they mentioned it cause they could have, they could have left it out. Definitely. It was so quick. They could have left it out, but glad they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's get into, into best scene kind of run through chronologically, you know, there, there's obviously a lot. I try to be selective with these, with a movie like this. It's tough. Um, and if I miss any of your favorites, by all means, stop me. The Wrigley Field trial, excuse me, the Harvey Field tryouts, but, you know, essentially Wrigley Field, the guy was based on, on um, the owner of the Cubs. Field looks great. Love a love an old retro baseball field. Like, all, all the fields in this movie look great, but, like, the Wrigley Field, they have the Ivy. We get introduced to all our characters. Like, all the characters get to shine a little bit. Like, it's really, really great. I love that one. It's, it really brings you in of, this is going to be a really good baseball movie. Yeah. And we get, uh, we get introduced to Doris and May is kind of like a, a little Abbott and Costello routine, like the Brooklyn accents. And I, we haven't mentioned her yet. Rosie O'Donnell kind of carries a different connotation now. Um, just so like she, you know, she hasn't, she hasn't really acted much in the, you know, in the past 20 years, she's been into different things. But like Rosie O'Donnell was awesome. Like people loved Rosie O'Donnell, and like in this movie, she's really, really good. And him, her, and Madonna are are excellent together. And it's so funny that like both ended up being Madonna at that time was ultra famous. She probably the most famous person in the cast at that point. Like Madonna was an icon in the eighties, and her and Rosie O'Donnell are such a cool oddball pairing. Like I I love every scene when they're together and when they're interact. It's the same baseball thing. They like. They kind of just give each other shit a lot for the movie, and it feels like two teammates. They have the best little dynamic going back and forth because they're like the mean girls, and then they rag on each other, and it's perfect. It's exactly what you want from like a, a supporting cast member where every scene they're in, it adds something, but they're so entertaining, you want more of it. <laughs> That's it? Yeah, you can't do it, mate. Do it. I could do it. Yeah, how long you been working on that, Doris? Huh? Yeah. Took me about a year. Not counting them two months I was in the hospital, bat hit me right in the head, bam. Really? Yep. You had to notch it behind, because that looks really swollen. Hey, what the heck kind of a thing is that I'm you say joking, to me, okay, man? okay, okay. That so- ain't funny. I'm nervous, all right? I, I, said- I don't... What are you looking at? Yeah, what are you looking at? Yeah, they're great. And then, like, the, the whole, the scene where it's uh, Shirley not being able to read, not being able to read her, like... You just want to go give her a hug. She looks so. She looks like so sad, and it's and that's where. Uh, uh, who who is it? Um, I can't remember the character's name, but she goes out to help her, and it's it's wonderful. It's such a cute moment, and it also like reminds you again of like you. That wasn't a priority of that time of like making sure women were able to you know be completely be literate and everything. So it was a quick moment, but a very powerful moment too. Of like, wow, that was not a priority at the time. Like they were just asked to, you know, stay at home, be good wives and mothers. Yeah. And it's one thing to like to drop, um, 
to like to plug Anika's book again. She does a good job in the book of she she interviews a lot of the surviving members of, of that league and did a really good job of that. And a, a lot of talking like it was the first time they were really writ, able to take ownership in something in their own lives. Because just like you said, they're supposed to stay home, cook, clean, be mothers. Um, they mention it when um, when John Lovitz comes to recruit Dottie about, you know, getting paid $75 a week. Like this is the chance for them. You know, they're primary breadwinners at that point. Um, it's It's something that they could have for themselves. And this is like that between them saying, you know, Dottie and Dottie and uh, Kit saying that's more than they make at the dairy. And then this instance of Shirley not being able to read is like a chance to do something for themselves. And then Stillwell says it at the end, you know, her mom talking, his mom saying it was the happiest time of her life. Like for a lot of these people, it was, and it was really the, you know, in, in that day and age, they didn't really get the chance to go out on their own. Like, mm-hmm. like people can now. And it's, it's, so that, that aspect is really good to be included as well. Absolutely. Um, the first game scene is we we've talked about it a little i mean the long piss all time all time great movie, great movie piss like this this and austin powers just great movie pisses um again the old field uh sleep we, we talked about the physicality of hanks the physical comedy sleeping on the bench just like i could have watched i'm sure they had a ton of footage of that of like him just doing stuff on the bench and like scratching himself and grunting and having the hat over his eyes and it's just a great physical comedy performance so his face in the water fountain, like so good. It just perfect. Perfect. Um, then when we, the next scene I've got, when we see him finally have some life with the team is the, the dueling sign scene, which is, which is, I, I really, I like it. This movie really gets rolling when Hanks gets involved. The baseball of this movie, when, when Jimmy starts to buy in and kind of take leadership of the team, cause you know, it's coming, but the, you know, and, Listen, Jimmy was Jimmy was ahead of Sabermetric. No bunting. We're we're letting our best hitter hit. We're swinging for a big inning. Like Jimmy was on it. Genius. I always felt like I was learning something. I should have taken some notes. <laughs> Love it. Um, obviously, the no crying in baseball scene. Uh, and all the, there's literally nothing we can say about it. It's just peak Hank's comedy. The tone, the quip to the ump afterwards. Like it, perfect, perfect scene. No notes. No notes. Perfect. <laughs> We've also talked about the Dottie leaving scene as well. Um, and more for just the plea that Hanks makes, you know, being willing to do anything to get those years he lost back. I thought you were a ball player, um, that sort of thing. I'm kind of surprised Bob wanted to leave, although I feel like that was also Dottie's decision. But like, you know, Bob's like, I listen, I got nothing to do. I got this, I got this bum shot foot. Like I'll sit around. I can sit around and watch you for one more week. Like that might be cool. Right. Had there been half a season left, I get Bob being like, no, honey, we got to go back to the dairy. But like, hey, can I stay for one more game? Okay. Like, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, kind of confused about that. Yeah. Uh, the, the Dottie leaving. And then the, you know, the final game, it's kind of like the give it in any sports movie. Like the, you know, the last game is going to have a ton of action. Uh, but it, it's really that game that, that kind of extended set piece really from the opening prayer. Uh, when when Hanks makes sure to thank God for the the waitress or whatever in South Bend, the woman in South Bend, the one who's shouting his name, uh, you get Dottie showing up again as, as a catcher, and then you you know you get all the baseball scene. Obviously, you get the the final play, um, you know, all good stuff there. But what what for you is the best scene in this movie? Uh, you definitely said my favorite scenes. I have some like starring moments too that I like, where the girls sneak out and they go dancing. 
such a good one. And you have every drunk girl like stereotype is happening in that bar at once. You have one person singing karaoke, one girl's crying, one girl's throwing up, one girl's kissing somebody. I was like, yep, this, this tracks, they did it. Yeah, you get the the girl who's coming in to to round everybody up. You know that hey, it's time to go. It's time to go. Yes, the okay, the mom of the group. Mom of the group. Mom of the group. Marla coming out of her shell, just so wonderful. <laughs> so good. And I I am a karaoke person, so to hear her sing too, I was like, this movie has everything. What what is, what is your go to? You can't you can't not give us your your karaoke go to. Um, let me think. Depends what kind of mood I'm in, but I always go All Star by Smash Mouth. Oh wow, classic! Oh, yeah, it's a good, it's a crowd favorite. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows, and it's one of those songs you only have to start it till everyone else chimes in. Because I don't have the nicest voice. Same, same. It's kind of, it's kind of the thing. Uh, not as much so, but like songs that everyone knows at a wedding hit <laughs> always hit really good. Like, um, like Sugar We're Going Down always hits at a wedding just because everyone knows it. Um, like it was that, that Mr. Brightside went back to back at our wedding. Just couldn't have been, couldn't have been better. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, um, aside from that, uh, the, for me, it's, it's hard to pick against, and this might be a back to back category win the no crying in baseball scene. It's, I, I would hear arguments on the dueling sign scene. I really enjoy that one, but the no crying in baseball scene is going to be played in montages for the next 50 years. It, it's so good. It's the perfect moment, the way it's delivered, the part it comes in the movie. That is definitely my favorite scene, hands down. Yeah. Is there any competition for best quote? Wow. Um, you know what? I do have like a, a sneaky pick. Okay. It's definitely, again, that is my number one quote, no crying in baseball. It's iconic. But there's a quote in the beginning of the movie when they're scouting Marla and they're like, oh, well, if he, if she was a boy, you know, they said that they would have taken her to States. And he's like, if she was a boy, I'd be in New York talking to the Yankees. And that moment I was like, oh, you hit me so early on in the film. Love, love Marla's dad. Supported that. Unlike, unlike Stillwell's dad, Marla has a great dad. The best dad. And that quote was, it hit me so quick. that I was like, that was a good little jab back. I know it's good, yeah. but it just felt like it really packed a punch. Yeah. So happy for Marla at the end, even though she leaves the team, it's like she gets to go out of her shell. She gets to play baseball. She meets this guy who's clearly over the moon for her. Like good. Wish all the best for Marla. I have, I have one, I, again, no crying in baseball. That's, that's the quote. One that always makes me laugh. And it is actually, this is the, this character's only line of the movie. It is the child who receives the signed baseball from Jimmy Dugan. Avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. And Hanks, that's good advice. Can you spell Dugan? Yeah. Can you sign my baseball? Sure. There. Wow. Avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. Wow. That's good advice. That, yes, that is such a good one. <laughs> it's the fun thing about this Hanks performance is like, we never really see him like Jimmy's a good guy, but we never really see him play kind of a shitbag. Like in all of his other, all of his other movies, he's just like, he's the lead. He's an astronaut. He's a captain in the army. He's a stand-up FedEx employee on an island. Like it's, it's you know, he's an FBI agent. He's 
Senator Charlie Wilson. He's all this stuff. And it's like this one, he's just like, just a washed out trunk. And it's really fun to watch. That is, that's an all timer. I do enjoy that. I'm trying to think. I wrote a few down. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that could even compete. Oh, I do love the moment where Tom Hanks is talking to Dottie, trying to convince her to stay. And he's like, well, if it was hard, everyone would do it. That's a really good one too. A cliche line, but it's become cliche with that moment. It's, it's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's where, that's where Hank comes off. Hanks comes off as a ball player too, because we do get him kind of like clowning around and being this kind of like off ball washed up guy. Like, you know, he, the thing when he's talking to Mr. Harvey in the beginning and I had no right to sell the team's equipment won't happen again. Like, it's like, this guy (laughs) is just like not a serious person, but with something like that, it's you, that conversation, you realize how much baseball mattered to this guy and how regretful he is that he, that he threw it away. And it's, it's really when the movie actually wants to kind of narrow in and twist you a little bit with something serious, it always lands. It doesn't fail to land. And I think now knowing that they were thinking about having them kiss, like that would have ruined that moment because it oh, was yeah. about baseball. It would have been, I want you to stay, please stay. Like, no, this was about baseball and it was perfect because it wasn't about the relationship. Mm-hmm. Especially because it, it would have been, please don't go with your war wounded husband who <laughs> just gave his foot, gave the, the use of his foot for our country in the Pacific. Like, and he's three feet away and can definitely hear us talking right now. Like, yeah. Yeah. And instead we get the great line when he meets him and Bob's like big fan of you. And Jimmy Dugan's like, Oh, well, big fan of you. Like that whole thing. Like it's sweet. We, we love that. We listen, we, we love a platonic friendship. That's great stuff. We love a platonic friendship. And that moment, I realized that Bob introduces himself as Dottie's husband rather than I feel like most people of that time period was like, oh, she's Bob's wife. She would be Mrs. Bob Hinson. Right. And I was like, that's such a cool that he was like, oh, yeah, that that's my wife. And I was like, wow, very cool that he said it that way. Yeah. And he's also... Not to get into what works, but Bob, like when when Dottie's like ha- has a great a big hit in the game seven, he's like, "That's my wife. That's my wife." And, like you could have had six more games of this if you'd have hung around. You would have just not driven. Save the four gallons of gas. Exactly. Yeah, it's help your country by not using that gas. But <laughs> regardless, um, the Kevin Costner and Freddie Prince Jr. awards for best and worst on screen athlete. We kind of talked about it. Gina Davis stands out. She looks great. Yes. Like like a total stub, but there's no one. I mean, there's no Freddie Prince Jr. in this movie. Everyone looks capable. Everybody looks capable. It's well done. Every person. I can't think of one person to single out. Yeah, they all they all look good. Um, you know, like Rosie O'Donnell looks really good. I, she looks like she, she looks like she needs to swing it. Like everyone, everyone looks good. There's really no, nothing to harp. Um, the Lenny Harris pinch hitter award for best supporting character. The thing I've kind of been doing lately with this category is first determining who is in this movie too much to be a, is to win this award. Saying it's probably Dottie, definitely, probably Jimmy Dugan in it too much. Yeah, Kit in it too much. She would not win anyways. I think everyone else is probably fair game. Okay. So I'm- a couple nominees. Go ahead. Um, love it, and it's more just because everything. Jet- John Lovitz's general tone and inflection makes me laugh. Everything he's ever been in, I find him find him very funny, like a- SNL, anything. Uh, Megan Cavanaugh is Marla Hooch. She speaks very little, 
great physical comedy. Great, great stuff. Uh, Rosie O'Donnell. Always forget how good Rosie is. Excellent in this movie with the the thick accent. Um, Madonna is May. It's very, it's interesting now because you see whatever, you know, Madonna, for people our age, Madonna didn't mean as much as Madonna meant in 1992. Madonna went through the 80s as like, one of the biggest stars of all time. And she's always, she's been very famous since, but like it's, it's apparent in this movie. She is a star. She is a bona fide star. And, um, that's, is there anyone I missed? Is there anyone who would, who would have, have a claim to this? You've named all the people I was thinking. Yeah. I would give it, I mean, who, who would you give it to? I own, if I can give it to a duo, like I want to give it to Rosie O'Donnell and Madonna and their scenes together. There's no rules on the show. You can give it to whoever you want. Oh, perfect. That's what I'm giving it to. Both of them together, the way they play off of each other, they have those like bickering banter moments. It's so perfect. And their characters are so well done with May and the priest at confession. Like so funny. Oh, I forgot about, forgot about that moment. It's so good. <laughs> And then even like right at the end when they're the older women, they're standing there and they were like, oh my God, are you, you know, all, all night, all the way May, all the way May. And she's like, no one's called me that since. And Rose is like, what last night? And I was like, so good. <laughs> so good. Yeah. I, I'm going to go with, I'm going to run with that one as well. Like the, the banter, they, they feel like they feel like teammates and, and on every team, you always had those, like those two that were kind of like inseparable in a way, but like this, this odd couple who just bickered like every team I maintain had the old married couple. Yes. And this was that team's old married couple. Every team in every sport has an old married couple. And that was the one on this team. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, it's great stuff. Great stuff. Okay. Roster moves. Another new category. So only second time we've ever done on the show, like recasting, um, you know, figuring out stuff. I think the obvious person we'd want to sub out is kid. Get, yeah. get Lori Petty out there. See if someone can bring it. Um, the Molly Ringwald thing that I didn't even think about until I saw the IMDb trivia. Like, I think that works. Is there any, I had a couple others. Did you have anyone else that you'd want to, want to sub out? So not sub out, but I would have a few cameos I'd like to add in. I think, cause they talk about all these other teams and I think adding like old ball players as the other managers would have been so cool. They would have had to be in it for two seconds, but it would be yes. so cool to see somebody that you're like, I know that face. That would, yeah, that would have been, that would have been speaking of the other teams, someone who was on, I think she was the first baseman of the, of the racing team, but she has no line. She's barely is T Leone who is like, then goes on to be a very accomplished actress, which is interesting. Um, I had two suggested. I picked out two things for kit. And because it's kind of a it's kind of a weird thing because if you you can't pull from like the classic leading woman category, they can't like Gina Davis has to be objectively just better. She has to be taller. She has to look more athletic. She has to be Gina Davis is kind of like has the beauty queen thing going on, so that kind of helps. But like I came up with Jodie Foster, who I think could have done. Like I think she's an incredible, accomplished actress. Um, Jodie Foster maybe does it a little more for me than Lori Petty. Like Jodie Foster and Maverick is chef's kiss. But, um, and then my wife suggested Sarah Jessica Parker, who's around that age at this time. I don't know if she could play. I don't know if either of these could play, but I could see them doing, doing the acting role and maybe 
coming off a little bit more endearing? Well, Sarah Jessica Parker is exclusively whiny and annoying in Sex in the City. So <laughs> you see her being that in this. That's a great call. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think either of those could work, but we got Lori Petty. So just, <laughs> just, just got to live with that. <laughs> Um, the big chill, the moment that like, you know, Roy Hobbs knocking out the lights and the natural, you know, the, the moment that makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up. I'm not sure this movie definitely has one. It's not really that I kind of get the chills when Dottie shows up for game seven, like when she takes off the, the mask like that. And then in a weirder way, the hall of fame visit kind of like how, how important that is kind of gives me the chills, but I'm not sure. Like, I certainly don't get it when Kit mows over Dottie. No, I would say the Hall of Fame moment is a feel good moment where the I did. Sh- I also cry in every movie I watch, even if it's not a sad movie. Um, so I did cry when they say Betty's husband's dead and everyone's like around her. And I feel like mm-hmm. it's a big team moment. I don't know if it gave me chills, but it did bring me to tears. So that'll, that'll count. Yeah, because yeah. th- that is I mean it's easily the most harrowing moment Mm -hmm. of the movie. It's when you get the, they do. I don't know if it's a good job, but they, they kind of isolate them from the realities of, of world war two. And that's the one thing where it, it really brings it to the forefront. And then you obviously see what Dottie's going through that night where she's just crying her eyes out. And then conveniently Bob shows up with his little walking boot. But um, yeah, that that scene that scene takes like everything takes a one eight because I'm pretty sure Jimmy is like cracking jokes right before. Like, Stillwell is playing with the tape right yes. before that, just oh, being an, just okay. being an, being an absolute nightmare. But yeah, other than that, not really many like not your traditional big chill moment. Um, as far as like how to improve it, I think we've kind of gone over that. Kit, you got to figure out something. Yeah, uh, and then you know, could maybe change up the, the opening or the, the intro or something like that. Um, last category before more restore prequel, sequel or remake. This one is kind of answered for us. We get a series, a league of their own series, uh, coming out in a couple weeks. I think next month it comes out sooner than I thought. Yeah. So I, I believe, yeah, I mean, it, it seems like it's coming out soon. I'm really excited for it. I think this is something that has a lot of feel like if, when prime green lights something I, that means a little more to me, like Netflix, there's got a lot of variety. Um, you know, they've, they've got a, they've got a show on right now called love and gelato that, uh, my, my friend and frequent co-host Caroline Darnia said is not good. Yeah. So this series is, is set to premiere August 12th of this year. So it, when this drops, it will be a month and a day. Um, they've got a, a pretty good cast. They got a pretty diverse cast, which is interesting. Um, Nick Offerman is in it, who I love, love dearly. Him. I'm ho- I'm hoping he's kind of in the in the Jimmy role, but I'm I'm very excited for this. I think I think this is something that because you don't even you can just take the there's so many stories, and again, last plug, Anika's book. There's so many stories with this league. You don't need to, you know you know, remake the wheel when it comes to this movie and having to do the sibling rivalry or anything, you can just do a team. And I think that would be a lot of fun. And I think that's like to throw in something that will probably be completely different from like the vibe of this, but like winning time. I don't know if you watch winning time, but just about the, the Laker, that, that 1980, 81 Lakers team, 
um, the Magic and Kareem Lakers, and just like run through a team for a season. And I think that would, I think that'll be really fun. I'm really, really excited for it. Like, I think it's going to be a must watch. This is absolutely a must watch. And like you said, Amazon Prime, I've yet to uh, knock on wood, watch a show that they've done that I have said was done poorly. Even if I didn't like the premise of it, they definitely put the time, money, and energy into making something worth watching. So I agree. A very good job with this. I agree. Yeah, I'm. I feel really confident. Uh, I'm. Listen, in a, in a month, might be talking about it on the show, but I'm. You know, I'm hoping. I mean, it got picked up. I haven't heard anything bad about it. It's got a lot of people I like in it. I I think we're in good hands. I think this is something that I'm glad they're revisiting it. I because I don't think. I don't think I think if you remade this movie, I think that the original is so good that it would just like it would break it down. It just wouldn't be it. The heights are too high. And I was going to say when I'm glad they're not remaking this, but they've also been given something on a on a silver platter or golden platter that's so perfect that like you really can't mess this up unless you try. You have mm-hmm. the stories, you have the characters that we love, you have all of this you have the history to go along with it. Like you really have an opportunity to make this perfect. Please don't mess it up. Yeah. And what you've, you've also got this kind of template of all the things that this one kind of touched on, but didn't have the time to go into. You can just play it all the, the, you know, husband's away at war, segregated league. Um, the first, you know, the sense of independence, like trying to go out on the road, meeting people, like you can just get into a lot of the stuff that, uh, the movie spent a little bit of time on and turn those entire because like entire episodes with some of these aspects would be really really good and some of these episodes i don't know how long they're planning to make them but most tv series you watch now anyways are like an hour and a half episodes or an hour long episode so you have the time to do it if you just go into it as in-depth as you want and i will at least eat it up Oh, for sure. Yeah, they're going to be hour-long episodes. I feel like the show's going to look great. They've they've done the teasers of the the uniforms and stuff like that, but like I love a period piece. Like I I love something retro. I love old It's why I love The Natural too. Like old baseball fields are chef's kiss, just perfection. Amazing. They do the you know they did the Field of Dreams game. I wish they would just find one of these old minor league stadiums or like old ancient parks. And even one of these abandoned minor league parks, because you see them now and like from, you know, the forties or whatever and have them play a game there. I think like old, like wooden fences, hand painted signs, just sign me up for all that action. That is, it gets the young fans excited because it has the players that we love and know now, but then it also gets older baseball fans back into it. Of like, these are parks they remember, they've heard of, they've seen whatever. I love old ballparks. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're going to get a lot of that with the the League of Their Own series. But the movie we got was excellent. Savannah, I'm so glad you could join me, come on the show and talk about this one. Tell the folks again where they can find you and where they can check out all the social content you're putting out for BA. So you can find me. I am at SavJ, S-A-V-J-A-Y-E on every platform. And if you want to follow along with Baseball America, we are at Baseball America. We are digital. We are magazine. We are on social. We are everywhere you can find baseball news and if you enjoyed this episode of big screen sports please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcast rate and leave a review if you're an apple podcast or spotify new episodes every monday 
Uh, next week, covering another patron pick, Youngblood, 80s hockey movie, Rob Lowe, Patrick Swayze, Keanu Reeves. Is it the hottest movie of all time? We might you know, might find out. If you're a baseball fan, uh, check out my interview series from Phenom to the Farm. That's presented by Savannah and the good folks over at Baseball America. If you want to support the show, head to patreon.com slash bigscreensports, and we'll see you next Monday. Thanks for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.